Well, uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters here on WCBM-FM Ann Arbor. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. Oh boy, well, breaking news, social media is biased. Uh, I'll just give out a quick brain damage award to Senator John Thune. He's conducting hearings into this matter. Uh, I'm not too sure when he figured this out, but uh, this, of course, is connected to algorithms, Facebook, and all this other rubbish. And I don't know where this guy's coming from. Corporate media is biased. Uh, The fairness doctrine, for the record... uh, went out the window many years ago so uh i don't know where this is going but i guess it's just another biased against who well conservative uh viewpoints they suppress Uh, social media is comprised of those who participate in it exactly (laughs) so this guy doesn't even and don't get me wrong i don't really get how it works but this guy has an even less sure grasp yeah, on well, what social media is. It supposedly measures popularity. You know, I mean, it elevates trending, quote-unquote, whatever. You what know? are people talking about? This is what people are talking about. Yeah, that's all it does. Yeah, so people talk about irrelevant things all the time, so it's... Should I, fit right into a Republican agenda. Then, right. I, I don't get it. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. <sighs> So, yeah, look for Mark Zuckerberg to be on the hot seat in a couple of weeks (laughs) as Facebook gets investigated by the Senate uh, Commerce Committee, perhaps. I'm I'm not even sure what committee John Thune is chairman of, but he is in the leadership of the Republican uh, Party in the Senate. I think he technically ranks number three. So he's... uh, Creating a kind of a diversionary uh, tactic for election season, I guess. Uh, but I don't know why congressional investigations into this are merited at all. Um, yeah, I hear Fox News is kind of biased, yeah. too. Um, but that's not a story because that's a privately owned uh, entertainment source, quote unquote. I suppose that now that... Uh, more and more Republicans are feeling compelled to rally around Donald Trump. The New York Times will be investigated for their Sunday cover story on Trump's private conduct with women, which, of course, he's railing against today. And, of course, it's pretty well known that... Duh. <laughs> I mean... Uh, you know, and I, I think that the whole Kabuki theater last week with Speaker of the House Paul Ryan was... Kind of a joke. Um, I don't think that Trump is going to adhere to any Republican platform, and Republicans who think he's going to do that are delusional and in wishful thinking land. Uh, Very few voters, by the way, look at a party's platform, the technical aspects of the document. That used to be a big deal and a a major part of uh, a political convention. Yes, and the battle over the platform right. was... What language to include? For instance, one of the reasons why in 1948 Strom Thurmond bolted uh, the Democratic Party, created the Dixiecrats. Big objection at the time to Harry Truman's executive order 
uh, integrating the armed services. Yeah. That was a executive order that a racist like Strom Thurmond, and I don't mind calling him one, uh, since that's what the Dixiecrats were about. Pretty um, much that was, their, that was their only real agenda. Yeah, and Strom Thurmond ended up, uh, I think, winning about 6% of the vote, but he ended up carrying South Carolina, North Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi, and I think Louisiana. I think he actually carried five states. And we know why he carried those states. And, of course, that component of the fissure within the Democratic Party is still with us today. Um, well, and when LBJ tried to address that by uh, signing the uh, Voting Rights Act, yeah, he admitted straight up to his advisors, we've lost the South for a generation. And, of course, it ended up being longer than a generation, yeah. and it's now part of the permanent uh, temporary realignment. In fact, I would argue that <clears throat> if you look at if you toss out 2000 because of Ralph Nader's role in that election, as well as Pat Buchanan's role, uh, recall that he ran for president as well. Donald Trump, of course, is riding the horses of, of George Wallace and Pat Buchanan. That's kind of the coalitions that, small coalitions that they had. George Wallace, of course, ran for president in 1968, featuring Curtis LeMay. That's his vice presidential mm. nominee. Very well depicted in Dr. Strangelove. Oh, yes. Curtis LeMay was known to be a cigar-chomping anti-communist zealot with some crazy ideas about fluoride and bodily fluids. Uh, Donald Trump, in fact, may be looking for a Curtis LeMay kind of character uh, to As balance out mate, the yeah, ticket. balance. <laughs> if, if, if ever the word balance were to struggle uh, to find its way into a sentence, uh, it's providing balance on the Trump ticket. Of course, the clown show continued all week. Um, big dispute about the uh, failure to release his tax returns. All of his excuses are well, nonsense. It's a refusal. Yeah. It's, it's basically how it should be read. And I, I think that is going to hurt Trump uh, in the long run. It's not going to hurt him with his supporters. But it is kind of interesting that Stephen Ratner, who's a Wall Street executive and contributing opinion writer. I believe this, by the way, is the same Stephen Ratner that was sort of the administrator for the auto bailout uh, many years ago. Uh, back in uh, 2009. Auto bailout, by the way, was originally part of the TARP passed in 2008. That's been part of the 2016 campaign and the disputes on policy between Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. But he has a rather interesting column in last Friday's New York Times about why Donald Trump is actually not releasing these returns. There's a lot of uh, depreciation being used by Donald Trump. Uh, perhaps uh, it's basically about the loopholes that he's using. Of course, uh, he claims he's very wealthy. Tax returns may dispute that. We don't know. But uh, it's interesting that he uh, <clears throat> notes 
Mr. Trump's quest for loopholes range far. In 2005, he got a 39.1 million tax deduction for donating a conservation easement on a New Jersey golf course, meaning that any further development on the property is restricted. On top of that, he installed goats on two of his golf courses as part of a plan to get them designated as agricultural properties, thereby vastly lowering his property taxes. Goats? Yeah, a couple of goats on, uh, what is it, 9, 18 hole? Uh, how big is the golf course? <laughs> Billy goat. And how many goats do you need? If two is all you need, then there's your loophole. But, you know. Nanny goat, you know, it's, it's kind of amazing that these things are in the tax code and right. Trump is able to take advantage of well, them. Well, you know, if they're in there, it's hard to fault people for exploiting them. Certainly, you've got to have the money to pay the top shelf lawyers and accountants to find them. The problem really lies with why they're in there in the first place. Of course, Trump's campaign claims that between 2010 and 2014, he donated more than $102 million to charity without giving away even $1 of his own money. So once again, he's manipulating the use of golf courses and billy goats, I guess, nanny goats, I don't know if three Billy Goats gruff. Chris Christie is uh, <laughs> the troll the, under the bridge, <laughs> donning a a goat suit. But uh, yeah, I think Christie might be the troll under the bridge. I think that's him and Sarah Palin looking sort of like the uh, the Billy Goat in uh, Sound of Music uh, rings music to my ears. Uh, Chris Christie the stage prop for Donald Trump. So naturally, uh, there are real questions about Donald Trump's tax returns. I don't know how long he's going to be able to withstand the scrutiny involving this, but it uh, seems to me since he's got an enormous tax plan, an enormous tax cut planned uh -huh. that he's uh, trying to vet with various right-wing apparatchiks that work for the Cato Institute and other right-wing think tanks, uh, what we're going to see, of course, is a repeat of George W. Bush's tax cuts in 2001 and Ronald Reagan's tax cuts in 1981, assuming that Trump gets elected because the Republicans in Congress will readily adopt that as part of making America great again. Meanwhile, last week, of course, in West Virginia... Donald Trump promised to bring back coal jobs. Coal. How this is going to happen is anybody's guess. Uh, the utilities in America, the electrical utilities we're talking about here, began moving away from coal well over a decade ago. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the real cost of coal is uh, not just in jobs lost, it's in health care, it's in the right. pollution, it's in the environmental degradation. I'd also factually like to point out to Donald Trump that Wyoming produces five times the amount of coal 
as West Virginia and Kentucky. What's going on out in Wyoming with the coal mining? Lots. They're digging into federal land out there. And, of course, they're not paying much of on the royalties. Yep. So while Donald Trump is, quote, promising to bring jobs back to West Virginia, uh, where mountaintop explosion mining is going on, I don't see how this is going to bring, how, you know, you might bring back some jobs. It just seems like it's going to take them from Wyoming. Virtually every country on the globe is moving away from coal. Except for third world countries. Now, India is one exception. Um, the United States, at least under Trump's trade policy, doesn't have an economic tariff war plan, but they certainly have a economic tariff war plan for China. Trump makes this quite clear on the campaign trail. He's unabashedly claiming that he'll raise uh, the tariff on China and Japan and Mexico of somewhere between 30 25 to 30 to 35 percent. China is moving away from coal. <laughs> so uh, Donald Trump, I think, needs to get into the 21st century. Well, you know, obviously those communities <clears throat> want jobs. But let's be honest, historically, those were never good jobs. I mean, that's dangerous work. Uh, they were poorly paid for most of that time. Of course, the history of uh, the early days of the uh, United Mine Workers uh, reads like gangland warfare with uh, the brutality that, uh, you know, striking miners faced against uh, mine owners and their forces of Pinkertons. Uh, so that's not the answer for those communities. They need new jobs for a new century. Well, and maybe Trump should <clears throat> watch How Green Was My Valley. <laughs> Stars a young Roddy McDowell, by the way, and it's it is a superb movie. Uh, I just a little bit about it about growing up in uh, coal mining country. Yes, and this, of course, is about coal mining in Great Britain. Uh, Great Britain, of course, was a big coal mining producing uh, country. Germany, by the way, for the record, used to burn quite a lot of coal. They still burn coal, but they've been moving to renewables now for well over a decade. Uh, so I don't know why Donald Trump is making these kinds of campaign promises because they're ludicrous on their face. Uh, how you export coal to India cost effectively is a little unclear to me. Now, using it uh, regionally for electrical utility, power plants, I can see. But let's face facts. Not one new coal-powered electrical utility has been planned. Right. And so you're left with the question, is he foolish enough to believe that this is really a viable plan to put forward, or is this just more BS? Just saying whatever to whoever's in the room, because that's the puppet show. That's the puppet show. And it is interesting, by the way, that tomorrow Kentucky uh, has a Democratic primary. The Republicans already... Uh, had their so-called caucus in Kentucky uh, many months ago, a couple of months ago. It was one of the early states uh, to enable Rand Paul. Oh, yeah, only about 30 people voted. Of course, <laughs> so. he had to drop out of the presidential race. 
uh, which uh, may or may not have been a mistake on his part, but be kind of interesting to see what happens in the Kentucky primary. Of course, eastern Kentucky is where much of the coal mining uh, happens uh, still, but it's, uh, of course, uh, being reduced. Mitch McConnell famously has used the epithet against Obama as Obama's war on coal. Uh, There is no war on coal. Coal is just simply being phased out by other multinational corporations. Now, you do need coal for some uh, industrial production, particularly in the production of steel, no doubt about it. So there's always going to be some coal mining going on. And, you know, I've, I've mentioned the brutality that miners and their efforts to organize uh, had to endure. But uh, this so-called war on coal, the coal industry has pursued a war on the environment yes. f- for its entire, you know, tenure. Uh, I've been, as a, you know, a teenager, I had the opportunity to go on a trip up into the hollers of Appalachia in coal mining country in eastern Kentucky, and they just blow up the side of a mountain, and then when the federal uh, inspectors come over to see what sort of work is being done, they spray paint whole mountainsides green. Yes. Uh, And you can see these rocks all over the place. It's just an utter fraud. Uh, The people that live there are, you think Flint has bad water? The people who live in coal mining country have even worse. And always have. Uh, it's despicable uh, the contempt with which the people who live in coal mining country have been treated by the industry. Yeah, and th- those are the sad socioeconomic facts. Of course, I grew up in a part of uh, Appalachia in southern Ohio uh, where strip mining has been occurring for the last several decades, way, way back. It was, of course, deep underground mining. Those were very dangerous jobs. Uh, black lung disease is rampant amongst coal workers. Uh, of course, you always hear about mine explosions, particularly in China these days. Just recently, by the way, there was a coal executive uh, from West Virginia that was uh, convicted uh, in the, uh, and I forget the name of the disaster, but 28 coal miners died, and he subverted <laughs> complying with environmental regulations and is one of the first corporate executives in American history to actually be convicted of a criminal offense uh, related to his conduct. This guy's name is Blankenship. He's appealing, by the way, so he ain't in jail yet, uh, and neither is George Zimmerman. Yeah. Uh, Let's give him a brain damage award for bad taste. Uh, I don't know why anybody would cooperate with his outrageous auctioning of a gun that he used. This gun, by the way, was returned by the Justice Department uh, after they had it for a while for some reason. And his statement in justifying his what he was doing is pretty outrageous. He claims this is a piece of American history. Wow. Well, the gun, it, the gun he shot Trayvon Martin with? Yeah, it's a piece, all right. I'm not too sure what the American history... Is this like a glorification of American history? I'm not too sure what this is about. I have a feeling it'll dovetail nicely with 
make America great again, believers. Well, of course it is. Um, Zimmerman put it on an auction site, and, uh, of course, the public was sort of outraged. Then it was taken down. Then it was, uh, re -cla re you know, re repositioned for, for, aud for auction with uh, the opening bid uh, being $5,000. It's uh, pretty remarkable stuff. Um, in his statement, he claims, he said, and I'm reading here from an article by Francis Robles and Mike McFate, Mr. Zimmerman, 32, announced that he intended to auction the handgun in the killing in Sanford, Florida. He said that the firearm had been recently returned to him by the Justice Department and that he hoped to use some of the proceeds to fight violence against law enforcement officers by Black Lives Matter and to, quote, ensure the demise of the career of Angela Corey, the prosecuting attorney who put him on trial, and to counter Hillary Clinton's anti-firearm rhetoric. Is there no shame? <laughs> <laughs> this guy needs to see a psychiatrist. Or um, to get a massive wedgie, I what? think. What is he talking about when he calls uh, police officers killed by communities, by members of Black Lives Matter? What's the evidence of that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I well, guess fortunately for America, Zimmerman's only 32, so Donald Trump cannot name him as a vice presidential candidate. He's ineligible. Well, and for that matter, uh, the state of Missouri's legislature, I don't know if the governor's going to sign this or what, but uh, there's brain damage award material here where uh, Missouri lawmakers have passed a uh, gun rights bill that makes it easier to get a gun, easier to carry a concealed weapon, and uh, whether or not you've had any training at all in carrying a concealed weapon. Uh well, Zimmerman ought to They've be. also, speaking of Zimmerman, yeah, he might want to move there. Uh, let's see here. Uh, legislation would also expand the state's so-called castle doctrine, which is complete nonsense, by allowing invited guests, such as babysitters, to use deadly force against intruders. Uh, okay, there's uh, popcorn over there. There's uh, soda pop in the fridge and the guns under the telephone if you need to shoot anybody while we're out. Uh, this new legislation will also create a stand-your-ground right, meaning people would not have to retreat from danger in any place where they are legally entitled to be present. Of course, that language exists in the Florida uh, stand-your-ground law, where uh, it's incumbent upon you to leave the area to avoid using the gun. The sure. gun is only for when there's no opportunity for you to leave. You're supposed to diffuse the situation by going, oh, there's a bunch of uh, crazy morons here. Let's go. Instead of just start shooting, which apparently Missouri wants to encourage. The just start shooting law is what they should call it. Well, and of course, stand your ground. It should be called six feet under. Stand or, in the ground. That's where you're going to end up. Yeah, or sorry you have no penis. Well, Donald Trump might be in that 
market soon enough. I understand there was such a transplant today. Oh, Success. Indeed, indeed there was. Successfully uh, done. An actual penis, though. A penisless man receives a penis. He, he didn't take the shortcut and just go out and get a gun, which he might have easily done. He underwent a difficult and painful procedure to get a real penis. Of course, Donald Trump openly bragging on na in national debates about his manhood. He's manly, yes. Well, next thing you know, he'll be doing commercials for Irish Spring <laughs> to get some of that ethnic vote. The Irish yes. will certainly start voting for him. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the, you look at the picture of him on Sunday's paper, and it's uh, he's facing... Uh, oh, yes. The, the photograph the, sees the backs of four, no doubt, lovely young ladies. Right on. Who are dressed in pageant gowns, and he's sort of, you know eyeing them over uh, as a guy who runs such a pageant is he no bought the pageant want to do That's so he owns great. the pageant so he owns the proceeding so he feels entitled apparently according to the article to touch caress hold ogle uh, the uh, proceedings as he goes but while most thinking people look at this and go oh, what a jerk uh, or what a classless act there is a demographic out there who go Damn, he's got the babes lined up. Uh, how can you not vote for him? Right. You know, he's appealing to the moron vote. Well, he he he's got it, it locked up. He's got it locked up. The question for Amer for American pollsters these days is: Is this twenty percent of the electorate, or is it forty percent of the electorate? But right, I'm not you know fooled by uh, Kabuki Theater in Washington with him and Paul Ryan. I faced. You know, I, I don't think there's any question he's going to get 90 percent of the Republican vote. He starts out with 43 percent of the national vote. And he has most of the states that Mitt Romney won in 2012 in his back pocket. The exceptions, ironically, are Utah, Arizona, Indiana and North Carolina. He may have trouble winning those four states. Um, but his plan, of course, is to promote this Make America Great uh, Again theory. Today, I understand he's starting to pick fights with the British. So maybe I'm not completely off the mark with this uh, Irish Spring comment. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of animosity between the Irish and the British to go. Go back many, many a decade. It'll take a lot of soap to clean it away. <laughs> it certainly will. <laughs> Ollie. <laughs> uh, it's, it's remarkable. And then, of course, you have, you know, Donald Trump posing as his PR man one day. What was his handle? The Baron? John Baron? Yeah. It never ceases. And then the next day, it's a former investigation into a... Longtime aide who worked for Trump for 30 years, a character named Anthony uh, Senecal, who uh, called Mr. Obama apparently on uh, some Facebook postings, which raises the question about their bias, <laughs> claiming that Obama was a Kenyan fraud and, quote, with the last breath I draw, I will help rid America of the scum infested in this government, Mr. Senecal wrote last May. 
saying that the president should be dragged from the White Mosque and hanged from the portico. Count me in. Wow. Is, is now being investigated by the Secret Service. This is one of Donald Trump's close employees. Of course, he was conveniently fired at some point, but one wonders uh, what he was fired for. <laughs> Posting <laughs> right. inflammatory messages on the Internet and given the fact that Trump was going to run for president. Uh, maybe Trump needs to answer some questions in that department. He's never short on uh, something to say. Uh, it's 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 remarkable, but the show continues, and of course, um, with uh, this latest, you know, big kerfluffle about his taxes, I don't know that that's going to go away. But yet again, he's picking fights with the prime minister of Britain, the newly elected mayor of London, who happens to be a Muslim. It's pretty remarkable stuff, and uh, it's kind of troubling that we have uh, members of the religious right, the so-called evangelicals now, openly um, noting that, well, we forgive Donald Trump because he's a sinner and he's willing to repent. Yeah, right. And I'm kind of looking for the repentance. Right. <laughs> Part of repentance is to... Actually repent. You have to actually repent, right. You have to not do the things that were making you a sinner. So it's uh, it's uh, going to be interesting to see how successful he is in corralling this so-called evangelical vote that uh, heretofore in, in large numbers did vote for Ted Cruz, and many of them have serious conscience problems, quote-unquote, with Donald Trump for pretty obvious reasons. And, of course, this <clears throat> pageant uh, yeah. gobbledygook, that is going to just continue streaming out week after week after week. Guaranteed. Oh, so many months to go. Yeah. <laughs>